What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stoke the Wild. We're back at it again, getting into the crazy, crazy, crazy <laughs> things of life. And how are you all doing out there today? I hope you're doing well. I am your host, Nick Dertinger, and with me, as always, is the wonderful... Joy Dertinger. And we're back, talking all things creative, pop culture, film, TV, art, and we're excited. Yeah, we are. Uh, we were doing really well with a few episodes, you know, <laughs> plugging along, and then we had some uh, disasters some over here. Happened. Our four-year-old decided to uh, cosplay himself as one of the wet bandits um, <laughs> from <What>? Home Alone <laughs> and uh, flood our <laughs> upstairs bathroom. And just oh. like, it, he timed it perfectly. Like, obviously, he wasn't really intentionally trying to do anything. But he timed it perfectly. He, uh, his older sister had like taken a shower and we had told his older brother to take a shower. And so we were expecting water to be running, Mm -hmm. but we, so we hear water running, but we thought it was somebody showering. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, next thing we know, like part of the house lost power because water was running through the walls yeah, and through a light fixture downstairs. And we had to have our whole bathroom torn apart and part of our ceiling torn apart. So we're in the middle of repairs and getting all that replaced. But yabba-dabba-doo. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Um it's been wild, uh, living life this way. Yeah, it's our only bathroom with a shower. Yeah, slash bathtub. So it is, we'll just say that it's pretty ripe over here, smelling pretty great. We are uh, showering as often as we can, but we can't just let the kids go in the bathroom and like, take baths because if they splash water on the subfloor that's a problem but a bigger problem is that there's just like gaping holes everywhere and like nails and screws and stuff yeah it's not safe so So hopefully though the uh, renovation repair team is out this week and in the process of putting that all back together for us because then we can go back to normal life in the middle sort of a of, pandemic sort while of. we're stuck inside a house and we have no place else to go. <laughs> that kind of thing. That kind of thing. Yeah. So how's everybody out there? I hope that uh, you're doing well. And you hear this and you respond, like, in real time. That You just say to yourself, well, actually, Joy. Shout it out in your car, on the train, while you're making your morning coffee, while you're at the gym. While you're sitting home alone with the wet bandits, just shout out <laughs> how you're doing right now on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, same, guys. Same. Same. So, um, yeah, we, we are back this week, though. And uh, we're going to do our best to continue with it, even in the midst of this craziness. Um, we f- did get the power situation fixed. Yes. Um, that was part of the reason why we couldn't record, because no the power. area where we record had no <laughs> power, and I just was not interested in trying to finagle that until we got it fixed. No. So, power has been restored. 
It's just getting the bathroom repaired. Um, but speaking of repairs, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's 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 hit it, guys. It's been a couple weeks since we've talked about it, but have you all been watching WandaVision? <laughs> I think everyone. Actually, that's not true. We I was talk- when we were talking to uh, Patrick and Greta. Uh, they have not been watching it. Patrick has. Oh, has he? Greta has. He's an episode behind. Oh, gotcha. But he, yeah, they've been, well, he's been watching it at least. Um, you guys, it's breaking. It's breaking. It is mind. breaking. So if you've seen the most recent episode. Oh, I thought episode, you were going with breaking, like breaking news. And you said <laughs> it's breaking, it's breaking. And I was like, yeah, it's breaking. It's breaking my mind. <laughs> uh, if you guys have seen the most recent episode, then some spoilery things confirmed that I had been talking about since the very first episode. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, makes me feel like a huge nerd, uh, which is great. It's great because nerds are fantastic. Yeah. Nerds unite. Nerds unite. Now there's more of us. <laughs> and uh, that's the slogan, in case you didn't know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> like there's an actual slogan? Yeah. I don't know. Nerds. He would be unite. Now, now there's, there's more, more of us. <laughs> Somebody get the nerds on the phone. We have a slogan for them. <laughs> I'm here. I'm on the phone, and uh, well, I'm here. I'm not even on the phone. But yeah, yeah, we've got a slogan. So, guys, I mean, just some of the spoilers that I had been talking about as potentials um, for the outcome of this have been confirmed. Not everything yet. There's. Let's see, we had episode seven last week, so we're on uh, episodes eight and nine. We've got two left. Two episodes left. Find out what's going on, and it's going to get crazy. I'm like, how are they going to manage that in two episodes? I mean, I know well, that they they're not to, necessarily... Like, make them longer is what they need to do. <laughs> I know that they're not necessarily... Um, looking to resolve everything i understand that no and it, it so this has been set up as a mini series so uh like a you know an episodic long format film um it, it's so funny i've seen people over the last couple of weeks go um uh, uh for a for a marvel movie that has been released in like episodically each week this feels like it's dragging on, and it's like not a in, movie. Arti- in articles and people, I uh, people I know who like have responded to that are like, yeah. you mean like a regular TV show? Yeah, like yeah. The people want like everything given to them right away. They want the movie that they're used to, uh, but this was this one in particular, even more than probably what's coming with uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. This one specifically was designed with the TV format in mind on Mm -hmm. Disney Plus. Yeah. And even though they designed Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki as Disney Plus series that will release episodically as well, like this one had that it's going to be TV and it's going to be very meta about the TV. Yeah. Because of how everything is going to play out. Um, And so, like, if you sat through six seasons of Lost... (laughs) <laughs> like you're fine for s- nine episodes of WandaVision. Yeah, like yeah. you're going to get everything that you can get from it until the next thing releases that has, you know, more information. And they said even before this came out that 
the events of WandaVision would tie directly into the next phase of the MCU, right. specifically the next Doctor Strange movie. And so we're we're all heading that way. And the Doctor Strange movie will be a two-hour movie. There will be probably, um, you know, repercussions for the events that we're about to see play out in these last two episodes sure. that will have to get tied up or figured out or at least explored in yeah. the next things that are coming, whether it be Falcon, Winter Soldier, um, or Loki, or Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. or anything else that's coming out in the next couple of years, because this is this was this was always kind of the plan. There was um, they had other movies that they had planned to come out before the Disney Plus series started, but the pandemic pushed those movies back, and so um, they rearranged their schedule and decided to release WandaVision first. Now, whether or not that means some things will, like, in post-production have been changed or reshot for other stuff to, like, fit this timeline, or if some of these things will be retroactively then, like, applied, um, I don't know. But what is happening here is important enough to where they wanted to say, this is what we're starting with. Yeah, well, and I I don't know. I I guess kind of going back to that whole, like, oh, it's not is it's taking too long to get to the point like that's the point that is the point because you're experiencing this like level of tension and monotony that like everybody else in the actual show like the characters in the show are experiencing like this keeps going on and it just keeps getting bigger how much longer can the hex get bigger and how much longer can anyone maintain control of this and when is it going to fall apart i mean that's the whole thing yeah that's the point of it and so like you said nick it's so meta about it that i'm like is it is it so meta that like it's lost on some people like do they not see is it so obvious that they just don't that that it's like too in their face I don't know. I don't know if it's so obvious that it's in their face or if it's just they, it was so unexpected because it's not mm. it's not Deadpool, which, no. you, you know, mainstream consumers are pretty familiar with, like with breaking the fourth wall and like speaking sure. in meta commentary to stuff that's going on. Right. This was something, something else. And so it's possible that maybe they didn't expect it, and now they're like, I have to put up with this? Uh, <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. you know. It's if, funny because. If, if you compare it to Deadpool. 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 Uh, Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't wrong. Deadpool. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, this isn't as funny or violent, you know. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's just like, I wasn't expecting this, and what I would expect sure. is from a different type of character. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I know people who um, are really enjoying WandaVision, but the, like, Marvel movies, particularly the Avenger movies, are not, like, their favorite ever. Which I think is funny. Um, I I leave no comment. (laughs) No comment. I think it's funny because I'm, like, I'm invested in all of it. Like, they said, they, they... the people that I've seen who like really love WandaVision, they're all saying like, 
I appreciate the uniqueness of this and I like how it's different and it's not your prepackaged movie like we were talking about before. It's not yeah. this like microwavable story that we feel like we're getting the whole thing tied up in the neat little package and that's the thing. Um, that's what they love so much about the show and it's why they like it better than a lot of the movies. Um, I like, I feel like I have a different perspective. To me, it doesn't feel like, and maybe this is what they're going for, it doesn't feel like, oh, separate movie, separate movie, now a show. To me, it feels like one extremely long story that I'm into. I like this story. Yeah. That, that I agree with you, and that's where I'm at. Like, yeah. It's all part of a larger narrative. Yeah, and I'm following that larger narrative. It's like why we read a uh, series. Yep. And and like all the previous MCU movies were more like graphic novels. Yeah. And for those of you who don't read a lot of comic books, the graphic novel is like taking several different individual comic books, you know, between 20 and 30 pages and putting them together in like a larger story. And you have like yeah. 60 to 80 pages, you know, put together um, sometimes more. And so like the movies are like the, con the condensing of the story all in one. So you get it in one like bite size chunk, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they don't, they don't like take anything out of that. Like they tell the story in individual issues and people who read them weekly or monthly, whenever they come out, you know, buy those issues. And at the end of it, they have the whole story as well. Um, but for a majority of comic book consumers, especially a casual consumer, it is it is in like these graphic novel, like I'm getting my whole story in one sitting. Right, right. Versus like waiting monthly for each book to come out, individual like 22 page book. Mm -hmm. And this is more of the individual comic book. I have to wait. You have to wait till the next, the next yeah, issue. For the basically. next issue to come out before yeah. I can find out what happens. But even all of those, even the ones, whether it's a graphic novel or a single issue that ends with things tied up neatly into a bow it's like 70 percent tied neatly into a bow there's always yeah there's something. always a cliffhanger a loose thread there's a, yeah for the most part there's always something that makes you go huh what what about this mm -hmm. and they may never address it it may be a single like one-off story sure that they haven't come back to but if it's done well every single one of those books gives you something to consider when you walk away from it yeah yeah. And for those 22 movies that have come out um, in the MCU, you have these things that you walk away from going, oh, but what about this? Like, mm -hmm. will they bring that back? And then sometimes you see that, oh, they brought this part back. Oh, that is cool. Okay, because that's from this. And now it's like, you know, again, part of the bigger narrative. And then you get to the end of that and you're in WandaVision and you're hitting the serials of mm -hmm. weekly episodes. Serials. And, and you're still seeing <laughs> things like threaded in from the larger universe. Yeah. That like is, is part of this like. Mm. It's canon. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the story. Yeah. And I think and like it's no, no criticism toward anybody who's like, I like this format better than I like the movie format or whatever. I think that this is so interesting. Like, I, I enjoy the movies, but this particular series, I'm like, 
I, I am really enjoying because it's so unique, because it's so different, because it is so meta. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how many people really enjoy that stuff. I, I love it. I think it's like, I think it's funny because in life, I prefer that things, like, I'm talking about real life now. In real life, I prefer that things are, um, I guess, like, encapsulated and tidy um, and, like, here's this situation, now it has been resolved. I like that in real life because it's, just makes life easier. Um, but in movies in shows as much as i'm like oh i can't believe they left us like that like you can't believe they just ended it and now we don't know this and blah 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 as much as i react that way i prefer that in like the shows that i'm watching to a certain degree and i think that wandavision really ties the or sorry really toes that line really well because you're left wanting more yeah right but and, and it's, like, just enough to get under your skin. But it's not so much that you're, like, forget it. Like, there's no, why am I even watching this? Which is actually how I felt when I was watching Lost. I was, like, there's always some new dumb thing. <laughs> They're never going to resolve this. They have made it so complicated that they can't write themselves back out of this tangled web of lies. Yeah, I... Would you agree? Uh, no, I totally agree. So I watched Lost one Ugh. time, one time all the way through. And any time I've tried to restart it. It's so frustrating. I've, I've like gotten through most of season one and I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah, it's so like. it's, And I think I'm in the minority. I think there's a lot of people who really. People really like, love oh, that show. Oh, love it. And then love to rewatch it. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm glad I saw it once. And it was interesting the first time. Yeah. But then once you know where it's going, you're just like, there's a lot of waiting. There's a lot of yeah. waiting that doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like it takes you too many places. Sure. And ironically, that's exactly how every character on that show feels. Like there's a lot of waiting and you don't actually get anywhere. Yeah. Um, But it's like, I've said this before, uh, you know, like there are some shows where you're like, you know what? If you had just like cut this down to like a shorter amount of episodes and focus more intently on like this thing, yeah. this whole season made it like been, a focal point. The whole season would have been just better, and I would have been okay with less episodes <laughs> because it, it was better. Yeah, it would have been better. Yeah. Um, like with the, for example, when when Netflix had some of the Marvel properties, Daredevil and um, Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Punisher and Jessica Jones. Like all of those were were pretty good. Um, usually the first season of most of those were the best. Um, but it was like they were all like ten episodes minimum. Yeah. And it was like, you know, you probably could have done with like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. Like cut out two of the episodes that felt really like filler. Yeah. Um, it didn't really move the story forward much. Yeah. Um, or fit some of the plot points that you like that were in there where the rest of the episode was filler and like just place them as a ta tag to the end of another episode and it would have like kept it moving and instead of losing momentum and I think that's a problem with a lot of with a lot of TV shows um 
Yeah. Like they lose momentum, you know, and like the writers and, and I get this, you know, like writing like the beginning of the story is always like, you know, it's either a slow burn or it's straight out of the like jumping straight out of the airplane. Yeah. Um, but like, you know what you're doing right at the beginning. Mm. And then the end, most often, like, you know where you want to go. Like, you know what target you want to hit. You know what's burning down. You know where the plane's going to land or, you know, what when you're going to make impact with the ground to somehow get those metaphors together. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you know the beginning and end, and it's the middle that you're trying to figure out. Yeah. You know, f- for the most part, you know, a lot of people, there, there are people who play that a little differently, but. You know, for the most part, you know your beginning. You know that you have this character who has a need or a want, <clears throat> you know, or it is immediately brought into trouble. And you know that that trouble needs to be wrapped up or that want or that need needs to be justified by the end or earned at the end. Or if they don't get it, like the reasons why have to be big enough to make you feel satisfied. And so, like, you, you know how that needs to start and end there, but it's the middle and the journey along the way that you're figuring it out more than anything, like as the writer, from getting to start to finish. And it's the same like when you're creating TV. And I know that not because I've written for TV, although please hire me if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I know that only because I've watched enough of it. Like that there is there are episodes and there are seasons where there is a clear like direction from start to finish. Yeah. When they've like are firing on all cylinders and every bit of the the footage they give you like makes sense then there are those seasons where you're like oh man this like this the first couple episodes are super strong and the last Mm -hmm. couple episodes are super strong and it felt like these few in the middle were missing something yeah and more than anything it was like we've got these but we need to fill like you know a lot of right a lot of uh studios and a lot of like, stations yeah, networks are networks. like hey we're giving you 22 episodes you know and they might right. be like they might be like yeah we've got 14 you know <laughs> and right like we can tell our story in 14 so what are we going to yeah. do to like hit the minimum they gave us and sometimes they work something out and they're like hey we just we we have the shorter story you know this season's going to be shorter or this is our last season are you okay with just giving us the 14 episodes instead of filling the whole thing out you know, and so you you get those, yeah. You get these different situations, I guess, and it's it is hard to sometimes get your storytelling really intense and intentional, and um, get people invested when you have kind of like these episodes you have to slog through. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and that is how I felt about like. So, so many shows. Um, and Lost was one of them. Uh, I think the other thing that is really like there are some there are some shows where I'm like, okay, I'll I'll put up with kind of those like weird filler episodes to get back to the main story and like you know, d- kind of get to where I want to be um and get back to enjoying it. One show that I haven't stopped talking about since like four days ago is um, that I'm rewatching uh, because of a podcast is uh, Scrubs. 
And I think that that is a great example of a show where they were picked up by a network, right? And given a certain number of episodes for every season because that's what they, that's what TV does. And yet, I don't really feel like there were very many of those filler episodes. Or if there were filler episodes that didn't contribute that much to the story, they made them interesting in other ways, like my musical and, you know, episodes like that. Yeah, or because you spend so much time with the main character, JD, that um, the filler episodes, you know, you're allowed to live in someone else's viewpoint for that episode. Yeah. You know, when he, like, there's the the episodes, like, where he smacks Turk in the back of the head, and all of a sudden, he's like, like, I feel like I have nothing to say this week. Smacks him in the head, and then you're getting the Turk's character breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Um, and talking to the audience in that, and yeah, yeah, there are there are some though. There are some where you're like, this just, oh yeah, you know, you could have done without. Um, or they play through some of the the plot points again, and it, it makes you wonder, like, was that really? Did you need really something intentional, in and you the, just wanted to make yeah. it like a, a thing here? Like, for example. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to say spoilers to this show. This is like it's years old. You guys like 20 years old. You'll you've be You've either fine. seen it or you haven't, but either way. But like, <laughs> If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Like Kim. Yeah. Coming back pregnant. Yeah. And, and then like him falling in and out of love with her. Yeah, that was... Oof. Like they had always set up Elliot to be like that final... Like love interest, mm-hmm. and it was almost like they wanted him to be with somebody else and Elliot to be happy with somebody else, but they couldn't commit to that. They were they, were, like they they couldn't commit to killing off that relationship, right? And like if you're going to kill it, just kill it. Like we will accept it if you do it well, and they couldn't commit to it. Yeah, but then they all they also like once they created all these problems, they couldn't just like get rid of them, right? And the one that really bugged me in that last season, uh, or the last real season, um, (laughs) was the return of Kim again. And Kim got together with Sean, one of Elliot's earliest relationships. Oh, yeah. And I forgot about that. The fact that Kim and Sean ended up together, like, who became like, who were like enemies with Elliot and JD. Yeah. But they also had to co parent. Because yeah. of this, like, strange relationship. And, like, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But it was just, it felt, that was, like, one of the biggest moments throughout that whole show that I have always felt was, like, really forced. Yeah. And it wasn't done in a way that felt pal- pal- palatable. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. Um, also, I think it's funny that, you know, we, if you've ever watched the show you all know what Nick is talking about when he says the last real season. Um, and it's funny because I'm only a few uh, podcast episodes in, but they talk about that on a podcast. Um, Donald Faison and uh, Zach Braff do. And I don't know. I just, I think it's funny that they're so aware of it too. That they're, they're like, uh, they, they mention it on the podcast of, you know, like about like, I don't, nobody wanted the ninth season. Yeah, they had um, 
was they had they had planned season eight being the last season, right? Um, and wrapping up all the stories of these main characters. Um, and it was season six, I believe. Season six was their last season on NBC because that's where the yeah. show originated. Yeah, and then it was picked up and bought, traded. However, they do that sometimes, like to ABC. Yeah. And so season seven, eight, and nine were on ABC. Season seven was during the big writer strike of like 2008 or something like that. Yeah. And so it was a shorter, I think like 13 episode season instead of the 22, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they kind of, they saw their, I think they saw their ratings like begin to dip a little bit with both the change to ABC, a change in like the, the day that it was showing. And all mm-hmm, this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know what? We've reached a point where we can write the conclusion to this story. Or we've known the conclusion where we can begin to play that out. Um, yeah. But then ABC was like, no, we want another season. Right. And kept them going. Right, right. Which I just think is, uh, I don't know. Like, I think that would be really frustrating and difficult. Like, how do you, how do you then, like make that choice of like can we continue to try to move this forward yeah well i remember they had those conversations about like you know look we'll we'll make another episode or we'll make another season and maybe this season could be like a backdoor kind of p- pilot season to you know a new generation of of interns which is yeah. why they created um like characters very similar to the main characters in the in the ninth season, they pulled over some of the newer characters from like seasons like six, seven, and eight, mm-hmm. and and like brought them over. They had cameos from the original cast, yeah, like littered throughout that season. And then they really like they developed the main character to be a female JD mm-hmm. um, with some of the same like tendencies and idiosyncrasies. Um, to continue kind of like that relatability, um, gave her a best friend, you know, all this stuff, like, and really mm-hmm. set it out similarly. So that way there wasn't much of a change from like the personality of what you were watching. It was just with different people. Um, sure. yeah. But yeah, it, it only lasted that season because everybody was like, no, nah, we don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> we're scrubs, uh. I feel like anybody who's a Scrubs fan is like, no. Um, But anyway, I guess my point in bringing that all up was talking about like filler episodes and how I don't feel like there's a lot of just like slogging through episodes in that show. And that's impressive because it went on for eight seasons. Yeah. Not nine. Um, And, you know, for any of you out there who are who watch... um, the show I'm about to mention, I'd love to know if there's a lot of filler episodes in this because I've never watched it, mostly because I, as much as I enjoy some creepiness, I am, like, not super into creepiness. And Is so, it like a horror? Yeah, so there's a yeah. show, Supernatural. Um, oh. Uh-huh. And it's like, it finally ended, I think, but it went 15 seasons. That's wild. And I'm like, how do you keep, like... How do you keep doing that? Yeah, how do you keep doing that? Especially from what I've heard, there's been seasons where it's like 
the same plots just like in reverse <laughs> and i'm like is that <laughs> does, does it, it work does it make sense yeah is like is it i mean they obviously had enough of a fan base to keep going 15 seasons but i don't know if you've watched yeah. it shoot me an email let me know stoke the wild at gmail.com i just i want to know i want to know does that work yeah because i'm probably not going to watch it so mostly because it is 15 seasons and even if i were invested i just don't have the time i'm gonna tell you right now one of my, well, no, my oldest friend loved that show. Like, lo- uh, loved it from the beginning to the end. And she, I, she, we were talking, like, I think towards the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, I need some new show to watch. Like, I, at night, like, you know, before I go to bed or whatever, I, I need a new show. And I know that you love Supernatural. And, like, you've told me a little bit about certain relationships in the show and based on that I feel like maybe I would enjoy it and she was it was funny she was like no you cannot watch this show (laughs) and I was like but why and uh and she was like you will get way too scared like it is not your style you can't watch it and she was like the relationships are great that's why I enjoy it and like I know that's why you would enjoy it but no, you you absolutely cannot watch this show. So she may, uh, but but I know that she has opinions about like certain seasons and certain episodes where she's like, yeah, no, not that that doesn't belong, or I don't like the way that you did that, or you know whatever the case. Yeah, may be. fans of things are weird, aren't we? We are weird. Um, we pretend to know it all. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if I was the, what are they called? Network directors? What are they? The people who are make decisions about the direction a show goes in? Like a show. Uh, well, you have. Or your, is that just a writer? Network, is that the writer? You have your network, your your network executives. You have your producers, your showrunners. Yeah. You have the actual writers, which depending on the program could be like a writer's room of people or it could mm-hmm. be like a handful of people if it's something smaller. Yeah. Then you have your actual episodic directors. Yeah. Which usually vary. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's a lot of people to be making decisions about what direction a show is going in. Well, and usually, like, you have your writers creating outlines. Sure. You have your direct, you know, your directors maybe sorted and picked of who's going to probably be doing what episode. But the showrunners, the producers, the people who are like, because there's different directors week to week or episode to episode who are really guiding it from, you know, beginning of the season to the end of the season, like the person staying through all that. Yeah. They're kind of that go between like, hey, network, this is where we're going, you know. Yeah. And the network is like, okay, as long as your ratings are this like good and you're making us money. (laughs) Yeah. If we have people tuning in and buying merchandise and invested mm-hmm. in the show and talking about it and keeping it trending, yeah, it's worth maintaining. We'll give you another season. Sure, you know? sure. But a lot of times it's like, it it's so fickle, a thing. Like, yeah, there have been shows that I thought were really great that only got one season. Firefly. You know, um, you, and I like Firefly, but I hate Joss Whedon, so... Um, and, you know, especially as things have come out about his past, 
mm. um, over this last couple of years, it's like, dude, just gets worse and worse <laughs> in my book. <laughs> Um, to where I'm like, yeah, I don't care if I ever see another Firefly thing again. Right. Um, yeah. as much as I enjoyed it when it was, was there, uh, at this point, same, same, it's kind of sullied, um, the first two Avengers films for me too. I'm like, mm. I like those movies a lot. Mm-hmm. And so far I haven't heard a whole lot of bad things related to him making those two films, but that doesn't make him a nice person. So it's like, gosh, I don't want to watch it anymore. Uh, well, it just makes you more aware of like where maybe his misogyny and, yeah. you know, general shittiness like seeps in. Yeah. Um, in jokes and the way things are written. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think that like, to go back to what you were talking about as far as, like, so many different people making decisions. You can have this many episodes. I'll give you another season. Keep making money for the network. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and things getting moved to different days and different times and picked up by other networks with different priorities. Um, I think what's so interesting about that is that, like, that's less of an issue on streaming platforms. Because it's not like, oh, on this day, at this time, the issue, the episode will be aired. And you won't, unless you have a DVR, you won't get a chance to watch it later or whatever. No, but and they, it still, feels they still like, do that, though. Yeah, but I guess, I mean, like, it feels like it's different somehow with with streaming. And it might not be different as far as the decision-making process in uh, behind the scenes. But it feels different than like your typical show that you watch on TV. The hard thing about streaming services is that their numbers are a little less accessible because they're not, they're not, they're not like run through the same, the same system of like, you know, you can, uh, however they do it, I can't remember what it's called, but like when, when you're watching something live, like the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, they can tell you within like the half hour, like how many people were tuning in. You oh, know, like yeah. They can see those. Like all of the analytics, all the data. Yeah, they can yeah. see all that, right? And when it's a a show that they've recorded and then played on the TV at, you know, 8, 7 central on a Thursday night. Sure. They can see those analytics like of who tuned in. Yeah. And then they can also see who like caught a rebroadcast. Or who like DVR'd it and watched it later, or who watched it on demand? You know, they can see all that data in, in pretty much real time. Yeah, and streaming services can do that in real time as well, but their window for acceptability is a lot different. Like, yeah, and so they don't release numbers till later. Like recently, Disney Plus re- didn't even—I don't even think they released the numbers. They just said WandaVision was the top streaming show on Disney Plus, like, for the last, like, three weeks. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, like, I haven't looked a whole lot into it, so I don't, they might have released actual numbers, but, like, sure. you know, it would have to be outplaying so many different things that they have on the streaming service to do that. Yeah. yeah. Netflix recently created their, like, you know, top ten, like, trending. Mm-hmm programs or whatever yeah and so you can see what's like 
being played most often in other like for other people and you know film number one film number two film all the way to 10 right and you can like then go oh well if other people are watching it maybe i'll watch it too Mm -hmm. um and so like there's the way that it's just like analyzed is is a little bit different because it's streamed they know that Mm -hmm. at midnight when a new season of a show comes out you're going to get a large influx of people but like a lot of people will binge a thing and then there'll be people who are like, I'll just casually watch it. But all those mm-hmm. things then are still like put together to get their final numbers, which they don't release like on a weekly basis going, this is how many people saw it. Like, yeah, when we it need came to, out. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. It feels, I don't know. I like <clears throat> to me, the, even though we have to wait for another episode of WandaVision every week, it feels so vastly different from like watching a show and and you know by and large we watch it at the same time every week too we do because we have kids in school and they're watching yeah. it with us and we make it like our family thing on friday but it doesn't feel like your typical like oh it's uh, friday night and our show's on at five thirty or whatever you know um it just feels different to me. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's because it's extremely interesting. And it does feel like the budget is... I, I guess I don't know that whole, a whole lot about the budget when it comes to this stuff. But it feels like a budget. the budget for WandaVision is like... Because they, everything is done so well. Does that make sense? Like It feels yeah. bigger than like your average TV show budget would probably be. Yeah, oh, and, it, and it most definitely is. Like, you've same got with, Paul Bettany on same this with, Same show. with, like, Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, the budget for those pieces, I mean, are, are they're vastly bigger because you're also doing episodes, right? So your budget is probably somewhere for those shows, 5 to $10 million an episode. That's bonkers. You know, which, when you add that all up for you know nine episodes you're looking at like yeah. 90 million dollars that's nuts that's on the low end though for like a mar that that would be a very low end for like a marvel sure. movie like if you were to actually make the movie mm-hmm. like your budget is going to be bigger than that for the most part i think maybe the first iron man movie was around that you know when it was like first launching mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you have you have like these different scales, and it could be more than that. I don't know what the budget is for the season on WandaVision or on Mandalorian for that matter, but right. I, I guess my what I mean is like those things are just done really well. Yeah, your average TV show though doesn't have that type of budget. Um, sure, you know, they got that Disney money, <laughs> yeah, those, those Disney bucks that go out to, right. to the things that they want to do really, really well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and so they're going to invest in that because the return is greater than the investment every time. And, yeah. um, you know, some shows just don't have that, and you can see that clearly. There there have been mm-hmm. a few moments where I'm like, this feels like a TV show. Um, like, because of... Uh, <laughs> so I mean, there's one character. Um, he's the director of S.W.O.R.D., the the um the offshoot of shield and yeah like this other like agency program uh director hayward in the show his face is just like this is tv face yeah like 
Isn't he in some other TV show? And it's like a cop TV show. I have no idea. Um, and it do- at that point, like honestly, is. it doesn't matter. I'm just like, this. his face is totally TV face. Like, And yeah. every time I see him, I'm reminded I'm in a TV show. Um, even, <laughs> though, even though I don't really know him from anything else, it's just like... Yeah. He's in this role, which is supposed to be like commanding and he's clearly like doing something nefarious of his own that we don't know yet Mm -hmm. and yet i'm expecting some like i'm expecting him to be somebody like like i i would have expected if this had been a film that to have been cast in a in a role like you had um robert redford in in winter soldier or yeah um, you know a uh an obadiah stain with jeff bridges where you get even if it's a one-off character you get some like older top actor um to come in in this like bigger almost like a glorified cameo for like that section of the film um Mm -hmm. because then you know there's like a weight to their character um and that doesn't dismiss like actors working really hard to get parts and to get roles and, and stuff and he's doing a great job but it's just it that's the only thing that takes me out of it because i'm like yeah this is the only, the, whenever he's on screen, is the only moment I feel like I'm looking at the TV budget. Yeah. So I think that that's really interesting because you're mentioning these other guys, like sort of nefarious bad guys um, who are in positions of power in the films. And they all have like a sort of ominous quality to them where you feel like they could snap at any moment and like destroy everyone. Um, at least that's, that's how I felt about Obadiah Stane. Like Jeff Bridges does such a good job in like basically everything he does. Um, but I think that he played that really well in this sort of like, Hey guys, smiley. And then like all of a sudden, Tony Stark built this in a cave. Our spare parts. Yeah. It's probably not the exact line, but. Like, where he just erupts, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's really great. And I I think that that's true in a lot of the films where they have someone in sort of that role. The way that I feel about Hayward, Hayward, right, director? Hayward? In WandaVision is like, this guy's boring. This guy's like, I, I... I don't know. Maybe boring isn't the right word, but I'm not expecting him to be like, I don't get that same sense from that character. And maybe that's intentional. Maybe that's the way it's written where I'm, and I feel like this guy's just a jerk. Yeah. We haven't seen like the arc, like he hasn't had much of an arc as a character, right? There's no, So that would probably like there, come down to writing more There's something immediately off about him, and so you're just sure. expecting him to be, like, you're just waiting. You're yeah. waiting for the foot to drop and, like, for him to, like, show himself. And right. he's gotten these moments where he just, like, barks orders, and you're like, okay, the dude is a jerk. And, like, so when is he going to finally, like, show us? And then it just doesn't happen, and then we don't mm. spend any time. We mm-hmm. don't spend enough time with him to either care about his motivations or... Like, to feel like, okay, well, maybe he, like, something, maybe he's trying to protect somebody, like, yeah, you know, maybe like he's trying maybe to protect Monica, else. but he's not doing that. Like, there's no indication sure. at all. And so it's just like, 
look, this jerk needs to get his comeuppance so we can move on. Yeah, yeah, that's <clears throat> it. That's the whole thing. And it's not happening. And so it do, he doesn't, he, it, he's probably, like, again, uh, it's the TV budget moment when I look at him. But also, he's, like, the only character that I'm, I'm, like, this is, like, like he's, like, my only fault with the show. Mm, like, yeah. And that's not to say the dude's a bad actor. Like, I no. think he's playing his part well. Yeah. But I think that his character thus far, there's only two episodes left, has not given us enough to be like. Right. He is a formidable foe in this. Like. Yeah. Well, and it, every decision he makes is dumb. Like, and it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, for it, do, it, does it doesn't work. make sense. Like, for a director, like nothing he has yeah. done. And so, unless they reveal that he's a scroll, and like has been put there, sure. ra- like randomly, or he's tried to sneak in and he just doesn't know what he's doing, even that I would be like, that just feels still weird, yeah, and cheap, yeah, yeah. Or he is, like, he's revealed to be the big bad, and he's not himself either, because he's some other like other dimensional creature or Ultron or something like some yeah. sort of like thing. <laughs> That, like, he's been hiding in? Yeah. Unless they do that. Unless they do that where he becomes something else entirely and we never see this dude's face again the way it is in the show. Yeah. That would be the only thing that makes me go, okay, maybe then upon rewatching, I'll see, like, these these moments that led to this. But right now, just, like, with all the information in front of us, it's just like, eh, about his character. Right. It's so. funny because the what I, like, as you were talking, I was like, yeah, I don't feel like that sort of, like, I don't, I just, I don't get that from the Hayward character. And, <laughs> like, the and then I, like, realized the person that I've gotten that sense from for the entire duration of the show is Agnes. That's the, that's the Obadiah Stane of the show. She's the the Ultron, the you're freaking me out, man. Like that's that's her. That's Agnes. Yep. She's the the one where I'm like, oh gosh, I can't remember the actor's name. What's her name? Catherine Hahn. She does such a good job. I would watch a show of like just her, probably <laughs> like just her. Doing doing like goofy stuff and then freaking everybody out. Like she's she plays that role so well. And um like the amount of energy that she brings to I feel like every episode and then all of a sudden a switch is flipped and it's like, oh she has energy, but it's a different kind. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that they maintain her. Oh my gosh, um, she's so good. You know, and and she comes comes around in in other things. Um, we'll have to see how this plays out at the end. Like some of those, there are some characters in these movies. Um, this is the first show, so uh, yeah. the only other thing are movies. But in the movies that get like <clears throat> their one, like big, like moment, and then they're never heard from again. And I hope that she remains, like at least beyond this show and beyond this yeah. this setup for what what she is. And if you've seen the episode, you know what I'm talking about. And I 
I'm hoping that they maintain her in some way, shape, or form because she is really good. And I would love to see her interact with other characters in the Marvel Universe. Like, it would just be really interesting. So She's straight up scary. Like, she is. Do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. I'm trying not to give away things if people haven't seen it. But, I mean, I, I felt that way in Parks and Rec, too. Like, the, I, the, I felt like the Why? way. Not, like, scary, like, oh, my gosh, she's going to, like. She's going to murder Leslie. Yeah, no, not like that, but, like, scary, like, I, I don't know. Are those, are, you know, those people in real life where you're, like, you're intimidating or you're kind of, like, You're literally doing something with your out? body that cannot be described. Oh, it's true. Um, but, you know, there are people in real life that you're like, I don't really know what you're going to do next. And you're kind of like, you, you, I'm, I'm intimidated by you and you're stressing me out, that kind of thing. Yes. And I don't associate with those people. (laughs) Okay. That's true. But I guess that's what I mean about, about like the way that she like plays at least the parts that I've seen her in regardless of the show like she has a certain level of like I don't know like if it's power or intimidation or whatever you want to call it but I think she just does that really well that's all I wouldn't call that scary Mm. no maybe it's just me I don't know she like in Parks and Rec her character is like PR manager for different um, candidates for different things that mm-hmm. come across Ben and Leslie like at different points throughout the series is more of ego, ego maniacal and like power trip. Yeah. And so she's willing to undercut people and things yeah. to get what she wants. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. not, I wouldn't call that scary. I'd say that she's just like, sing, in that show, she's single minded and like, power hungry yeah but without like the titles of power she's like i get my power like she's like a power vampire she like sucks the power (laughs) from the people she puts into power yeah and like that just like that she does that really well but i wouldn't say she's scary oh i don't know i i i don't know i've had this conversation with a couple people at this point not not specifically about her where i'm like oh that was scary or like oh this is scary I just think and they're like the wrong word i know and they say the same thing they're like how is it scary and i'm like well because of this and this and they're like mm, don't see it i don't think scary means what you think it means <laughs> it does in my mind <laughs> it makes sense to me <laughs> hey hey what are we gonna do today So what we're going to do today is the part of the show where we talk about the things we are working on today. And as always, you can email us, stokethewild at gmail.com, or hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and let us know about the things that you've got going on. Um, And uh, recently, we had one of our um, longtime listeners, first-time callers. No, not really. We've had some... uh, We had an email from one of our friends, Ross, out there in listener land. Hey, Ross, how you doing? Hey, Ross. Love your show. <laughs> and um, he shared with us what he's been up to. He's like, Nick and Joy, what up? What up? What I got's going on. 
Lately, I've been working on a tugboat a couple days a week, rebuilding a stateroom that has had some water damage. Wait, what? We've had water damage. Wait, what? He's tugboat? Yeah, this was... This was from our last episode, which then we didn't get to record because we had water damage. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, it says they had water damage. Uh, he's been repairing and rebuilding an entry table that a neighbor's father made out of walnut. Glue gave out, and it started falling apart, so I'm fixing it. I'm building my first sawtooth-style built-in bookshelf. This what will be it? over the next couple of weeks. What is sawtooth And a couple style? of custom signs and benchtop ring toss games as well. For some reason, these ring toss games are popular. Who knew? Anyway, hope you crazy kids are doing well. Ross. Ross. Uh, What is a sawtooth bookshelf? Do you know what this is? No? Nope. Okay. We got, I got questions, Ross. <laughs> Ross. Ross can write in this week and give you the details. Please explain. Send you the schematics. <laughs> so that way you understand it. Yes. Uh, so if you have things you're working on though, this is the segment of the show where you can let us know, um, what you've got going on and share with us. We always love to hear from you guys. And so thanks Ross for writing in and telling us what you've been working on. Um, Joy, what have you got going on right now? Oh, precious. Um, I always do that, don't I? Yeah. Like you're always surprised that I'm going to ask you about a recurring segment on the show. It's not that I'm surprised. What am I doing? It's just like, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Sort of. No, I know what I'm doing. It's just that, like, I can never decide ahead of time what piece I'm going to focus on. And so then I have a deer in the headlights moment. Uh, Because, you know, life is a collection of moving pieces. That's where you live. That's where I live. I live in the deer in the headlights (laughs) moment. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm having that's multiple a, deer in the headlights that's moments. That's a whole, whole mood. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm editing. Now that we have power, I can move forward with some interviews <laughs> that I had to reschedule. Um, and uh, I'm going to start releasing them next week. That's, that's the dealio. Maybe in. Maybe actually, actually, it's supposed to be in two weeks. I'm sorry. Apologies. It's supposed to be in two weeks. Like in March then? Yes. Okay. Well, cool. next week is March too, isn't it? Isn't Maybe. It next, week, next week is March. What? What is What is this day? This day? I don't know what day it is. This is a leap year? I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So what else you got going on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll be in March. That's for sure. It'll be in March. Yeah. Um, I am... On the one-year anniversary of being locked in our house. Oh, my gosh. If that happens, I'm going to... Uh, no, I probably won't say anything about it at the top of the show. Never mind. Um, I think that the, the most difficult part out of all of this legitimately is that I have to make uh, an introductory post of myself. Like, hi, this is my name. This is what I look like. Like, with a picture. Not, like, describing what I look like. <laughs> And, you know, what I do and what I'm about and all of these things. It was a moonlit night when she walked into my office. She had legs that went on for miles. Oh, my gosh. If anyone said that about me, I would slap that. (laughs) She she was a a tall four foot ten. (laughs) Her legs were all but six (laughs) inches of her. (laughs) Could you imagine? She had hair like a hedgehog. (laughs) No, that's true. 
And in that moment, I was smitten. <laughs> also true. Um, That's like how you would describe yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Joy. I host this podcast. Hair like a hedgehog. <laughs> no, I have to use that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the 1920s like gumshoe detective honestly though I, what's going it is on like a <laughs> <laughs> i do have hair like a hedgehog it's even got like it's even salt and peppery it is um but anyway that's the most intimidating part of releasing this new season actually is the post that i have to do introducing myself um which probably sounds like very trivial to a lot of people like just post a picture and say who you are but for whatever reason that's a lot scarier to me than putting together entire seasons of a podcast because you're also egomaniacal and like power hungry what isn't that what scary means stop it <laughs> that is oh, not what scary i just want to make sure we're having the definition <laughs> Look, I know why it's scary to me. I just don't have time to go into it, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I've got going on. And then obviously, like, my main job uh, work is, like, wild right now. Um, and I'm just doing my best to keep up with that and keep on, keep on going and doing, what, you know, what I think is an important job. Um, uh, apart from that, I'm reading a lot more than, um, I have in a long time. So that, that's good. Uh, I struggle to read because I'm a bit of a slow reader. So I often get discouraged and, and quit. Um, but I'm really enjoying reading. So, yeah. What about you, Nick? Well, I've been, uh... Busy, busy, um, which I feel like is what I say every week, like nonstop. Please, please, someone make it stop. Um, <laughs> this is a cry for help. Please, please stop the busyness. Yeah. Um, so uh, school and work, school and work. Um, I've been doing a good amount of writing. Um, I've been reading what I can for school as well as what I can for fun. And yeah. um, just really... It's, it's a lot. It's mm -hmm. a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I, that's all I can say is there's so much happening. I'm, I know there are people out there I've probably let down with projects and things that I just cannot get to. Um, and I'm sorry. And I love you guys and I care about you, but I, I don't, I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing else yeah. right now. There's no time for anything. Um, so I'm just trying to, to, make it through to summer um and hopefully i'll have a little bit more time for things at this point for in my own life let alone with anything yeah. else yeah um so if you've asked for a commission or you've asked me to help with a project um i've either sent you what i can or i've sent you know i you know i'm talking to you about it or um you know you've been told hold on a minute i've i've got to wait a little bit um, but all that being said, um, my focus with my school and, and, and everything else this semester has been in my short story stuff, um, and working on fiction, uh, short story fiction. And that's just been really fun. Um, 
feel like I'm learning a lot about myself as a writer and as someone who is continuing to explore um, ideas. It is hard. Like, we are talking about the TV show stuff to find those connective tissue points, like to bring everything from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to not feel like I, this has been done. How do I bring something new to it? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my writing starts with questions and I've been trying to question like my characters, like almost like I'm interviewing them about who they are and their motivations and trying to figure out what it is that they want and what makes them different than other characters in, in, in the world. So that way, like I can, I can bring something new to it. And I don't know if I'm being successful with that or not, but I'm trying mm-hmm. and I'm um, trying to approach it differently than I would have in the past. And I'm at least enjoying that. Um, yeah. So, and I've gotten the opportunity to read a lot of other short fiction from some of my peers in different classes, um, as well as like to read short fiction books for school and um, look at different authors, short fiction work and, and storytelling and, and, that's been fun too because it gives me like a wide variety of approaches to how to do it. Like there's no one cookie cutter way to do it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like it needs to be X, Y, and Z like in your story. And that's not always the case. Um, And it's not always the case that the people who are judging your work know exactly what they're talking about or that their preference is in your story. Like that they could have a preference for something else that doesn't necessarily make the story bad. Sure. Just means that maybe it's not their cup of tea. Yeah. And so like just, I don't know, get like allowing myself the opportunities for critique and where I can make changes, make changes, but where I feel certain about a direction I've taken, like also being confident in that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be writing, um, I'm, I've actually been working on a longer um, blog piece about this subject for the Patreon, so if you're interested more in like some of the things I've been learning about short story writing, as well as um, even some samples of my short story work, those will be up at the um, snaps not claps level on patreon.com slash stoke the wild um, some of you who already subscribe I, at that level have seen some of the poetry I've been working on over the last um, six or eight months or so um, as well, which I, I'm still writing poetry too. Um, but like uh, I'm also with my focus this semester being on short story fiction um, have put a lot of my attention on that. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll in the next week or two, I'm going to, Hopefully have this blog post like finished, this longer piece um, finished with some excerpts from some of the short story stuff I've been working on that you guys can check out. And um, as Patreon subscribers, just kind of get an inside track on some of the things that I've been discovering as a writer in that and in the process, um, kind of like those behind the scenes little nuggets of creativity. Um, so if you're not a subscriber and you'd like to no more. You can check out some cool bonus episodes, some different artwork pieces that have been put up there, some poetry, and of course, uh, what's coming next with the blog post on short story fiction. Go to patreon.com slash stoke the wild. You can chuck in as little as five bucks or as much as 
you want, which helps us out every little bit yeah. and um, allows us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, and it's great. So thank you for all of our current supporters and for anybody who's looking to subscribe. Um, yeah, check that out. I think that is, that's all. That's yeah. all, all they wrote at this moment. So, Joy, where can people find you? You can find me at JM Dirtinger on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can also find my podcast at 99pod on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for some new posts. Cool. And again, check us out, Stoke the Wild, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Email us, stokethewild at gmail.com with your questions or comments or things you'd like to share. And you can find me on Instagram at Nick Dirtinger Art or on Twitter at Nick Dirtinger. And uh, follow along there for just more weird, weird weirdness, like things <laughs> things my four-year-old says. Weird, weird. That is just hilarious um, and other stuff. Yeah. Um, but be there. Thanks for joining us this week, and we will catch you next time. Bye.